Angela? Yes. Hi, this is Mike. Hey, Mike, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. So I guess we'll just get started right away. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Um, I saw pictures and highlights of Powerhouse. How was that? Powerhouse is great. You know, it's the first time we did a big concert since I've been working there in three years. And so I'm excited that we brought it back. I think it was really successful with the surprise guests. Everything was pretty smooth. It was all like a... Uh, first time for all of us but yeah. even backstage you know we did all the interviews for um karma loop and for powerhouse yeah, but it was exciting that. it was a great night i'm happy about it we're already planning next year that's nice that's nice um how did the breakfast club get the deal with karma loop i was wondering since you just said that, that you did interviews with karma loop and whatnot you know what i have no idea how it happened. it's a smart <laughs> I mean, marketing I know, move. at work they um approached us about it and said well you know what we like to do it and i love karma loop like i wear stuff off their um site all the time mm -hmm. so i was like absolutely i get to um, order clothes for free yes yeah. let's go <laughs> that's a, that's a smart so, marketing move i was just excited they um wanted to do it yeah that's cool um and i was gonna say i like your come up story it's inspiring when you first started you no knew nothing about radio you just love to talk similar to me yeah. I, i'm up in the studio right now not knowing how to work anything but i got an engineer <laughs> here and i like hip-hop and i like talking Right. Yeah. But, you know, but it is good, I guess, once you get in there and do that to learn, because I definitely learned how to do it a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because you never know what might happen. Yeah. And I guess no matter everything that you do, it makes you more valuable. Like, yeah. if you know how to run your own board and do all of that, it could make you more of an asset anyway. It's just good to know. Yeah, I'm trying to so learn. I did it at first. I got an I got an interview next week at uh, Sirius for Shade Forty Five. I swear in the morning. I know you work there, so mm -hmm. I was just I was just trying to learn everything before then and whatnot. Actually, it's weird how we got the interview with you tonight, and last night I interviewed Cypher Sounds, and it's funny that you guys had a show together, and that's like, it kind of inspired me to reach out to you guys, because you both work together, and I thought you guys did well together, so I wanted to interview both of you. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is, are you, you guys are like still closer and everything like that, right? Or is it tough because you're on rival uh, stations? I mean, we don't have any issues, you know, we already had this competition in a way, I guess, but... Yeah. I don't think he's not really that type of person to be trying to have issues, and we never had any issues. So, like, the radio game's a lot like the hip-hop game in a way, with, like, Kendrick's control verse, like, calling everyone out. It's almost kind of like competition and whatnot. I mean, ours is about ratings more than anything else, you know? Yeah. And both stations are in New York. I think now the great thing about what we did at the Breakfast Club is we're syndicated now. Yeah. So we're definitely. the morning show in a bunch of different cities, which is a huge deal for us, yeah. you know? And we got a syndicated weekend show in 54 different markets. Yeah, I heard that. So, Congratulations with that. Thank you. So it's like, uh, it, it's just so different now. Now it's just like, okay, it's not even just New York. That's our base, our home base. But now it's just nice to be able to reach out and have like family everywhere. Yeah. And you used to DJ or like you used back in the day? What was your DJ name? <laughs> I did use my real name. Yeah, I did. Oh, it's just you know, your real name? I got my turntables from Mugs because I had did a, um, I did an advertisement with him. I was working at this clothing line called Varsity. Mm -hmm. And as a thank you for me getting, he had an album coming out. And he, uh, me doing the 
the clothing line. You know, basically they paid for all the advertising and everything. So it was basically like him giving a free ad for his solo Assassin's album. That's cool. That's so, cool. As a thank you, he was like, "What do you want?" I said, "I want some turntables." So he got them for me. Do you still go on the ones and twos? I haven't in a while, but funny enough, two days ago, Webster hit me up at like four in the morning, and he said, "Hey." You're leaving money on the table. You gotta start DJing again. That's funny. DJ Webstar, is he the one who's been dancing on me? Yeah, that's him? No, that was Ron Browse. Oh, Ron Browse, really? They, they all sound the same. He did on Chicken Noodle Soup. And oh, Chicken Noodle Soup. Oh, okay. Um, when, back in the day, you used to sit in the basement and listen to uh, Run DMC vinyls? It wasn't just Run DMC. There was a lot of different stuff. Like, a lot yeah, of different I stuff? I used to love, like, Shelly E and Prince and... You know, Throwbacks. there was everything, Crush Grew, all of that. I was like a little, little kid, and my parents had all these records. Mm. And I heard a funny story. You were talking about an interview. Like, you used, to, you used to work for Wu-Tang, and at first, Method Man came off as a jerk, and ODB would smoke weed in the office. How was that experience, like, dealing with all that? I mean, they would all smoke weed in the office. But, you That's know, fun. that was a great first job for me to have, because those guys, I was really, when I first got that internship, I was a little bit apprehensive. I didn't know what it would be like, because they were so wild, and they had such a reputation. Mm-hmm. But they were actually, like, the best people ever. And it was a great first job, just because working here, I got to deal with different labels, because they were all signed to different labels and different people. So it was a great experience. I'm still close with all of them. That's cool. Did you like the job as well, because you got contact high? <laughs> you know, oddly enough, I never smoked with them at all. I didn't smoke. That's and they used to come in the office and smoke so much that it, I, I had put signs up around the office like, no smoking during office hours. That's funny. And then I think Rayquan came in with like, who put these signs up? And I didn't want to say I did it. That's funny. And <laughs> all the jobs you had uh, prior to radio or before your big uh, big starts and big gigs, was, uh, was it Chiba Sounds the worst one? Oh, yeah, that was the worst. Why? Why? <laughs> It was just bad, like, um, just the people that I was working for, I didn't feel like they were very professional and they were very condescending and it was just a bad experience. It's like, you know how you have a job when you get up every morning and you want to call out sick? Yeah, I got that. I have, I've dealt with that, yes. That was a job like that. Every morning I was like, should I not go to work today? Ugh, yeah, it's terrible. And uh, I was going to ask uh, about Shade 45, the relationship with Paul Rosenberg, Eminem's manager. Uh, does he take a lot of credit in landing you like your radio jobs and like success in your career early on? I mean, Paul Rosenberg is like the best. He's given me a lot of opportunities. He's a really loyal person. I met him when I used to work at Wu Tang, mm-hmm. and some of them wasn't even signed yet. And he always has just remembered that you know I've been down with them for so long that anything I needed, he's always done for me. So yeah. When they started the clothing line, I ran into him at the Chappelle show. It was the premiere for the first episode. Mm-hmm. And he was there. He was sitting right behind me while we were watching it. And he was like, oh, by the way, we're starting the clothing line, so I want you to come work there. That's cool. And I was like, okay. That's and then awesome. the next day, you know, they made me an offer. It was that easy. And then when I wanted to work at Sirius, I wanted to do marketing, and I called him. And I said, hey, they have an opening in the marketing department at Sirius. Can you just put in a good word for me? And he was like, do you want to do the morning show? That's <laughs> awesome. Said, but the thing about it is that, you know, I think that when it comes to me and Paul, he knows that I'm a very professional person. Mm-hmm. And I've always gone above and beyond. So because I'm reliable, because I've done my job, and just because me and him are cool, I don't expect any favors. Yeah. I still go and, and do that job just to represent him. Because sometimes, you know, you'll give somebody a job that's a friend of yours and they really take advantage of your friendship and yeah, yeah. do whatever they want. 
but I've never been like that. Like anything in life that I agree to do, even if I'm not getting paid a lot for it or not paid at all, I'm still going to do it just like if I was getting paid top dollar. So he, he knew you had good worth at ethic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, when that opportunity came up for me to be on the radio, he definitely was, he didn't tell me it was guaranteed. He just said, you know, go ahead and I can't tell you that they'll definitely hire you, but you know, if you do a good job, then the opportunity is there. Mm. Speaking of opportunity and success and like starting early on, you stated sometimes you have to get, you have to go backwards to get further in the big picture. What's the keys yeah, to success? I always say sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. Yeah. Uh, what's the keys to success for you? Like you got to love what you do. Is it passion over profit? Because you've dealt with uh, debt problems and whatnot. I was researching, sorry, I, I creep, not sexually, just like creeped you like uh, to research. And uh, mm -hmm. you've dealt with debt problems and you said that sometimes you started rate you had a radio job but it wasn't a lot of money and you you loved it though you love what you did but at the same time you were going broke is there like a what's the passion over profit is there like certain extent you have to go out and make the money and not care about your passion or is it both is it both equally important I think that's an individual choice for me it's worked for me to really put something that I enjoy doing because I've had experiences where I had jobs that I hated mm -hmm. and I don't ever want to do that again to me, that's so painful. I would rather struggle to make ends meet but enjoy my job than go to work, make a lot of money, but hate my job. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So, and I also feel like if you do something that you love doing, that eventually you'll make a lot of money at it. Yeah. So, in yeah. radio, because I was brand new and because I, I had no experience, that's why I didn't make a lot of money at first. But after the first year of me working there, they gave me a 40% raise. I went in and I had a meeting and I told them I improved so much in one year that, you know, they agreed to that. That's with uh, Sirius? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I was wondering, did Jay Electronica put you in debt, all the tours and whatnot? Because <laughs> he never released no, any music. He didn't. You know, he got paid for all of that, so we made money. But I would say that um, I put a lot of stuff on my credit card. He paid me back everything, though, but it just took, like, a while. So it was, like, one billing cycle went by, and I was like, damn, I got $37,000 on my card that I can't pay this month. Jesus. And then, I just never had that much on a credit card ever. Yeah. So it just, I, I'm a worry wart when it comes to money. Yeah. So I was really nervous, and I was like, man, what if he doesn't get, you know, you think the worst case scenario, what if I don't get this money back, and now I'm going to owe thirty something thousand dollars But the next month I got it, so it was fine, but it just was a little nervous for a month. And he didn't even drop his album yet. You would never got the money if he didn't give it to you then. <laughs> you know, he made a lot of money, though, doing shows. And, you know, he did a deal with Mountain Dew. And he yeah, had yeah, a cat that. deal and his publishing deal and, and his Rock Nation deal. So, yeah. you know, he's good. He's yeah. definitely good, but I wish he would release some music. I think he will. That's good. He has a lot. I think, you know, even when he did Exhibit C, you know, when he did Exhibit C, that was all because I asked him to go in the studio and do a song for me to debut on the morning show. The, wait, that was Exhibit C? You you were part of that? Well, yeah, and that's why on the, if you hear the song Death Blaze says, Morning After, World Premiere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's That was definitely one of the best songs. Was it 2011? Or 2010? That's a great song, and I think that, you know, he probably would have never put that out himself if Death Blaze didn't come up this serious and just play it. That's awesome. That's uh, it was a good song. It was like the control of that year. He had a lot of songs that are good. That he just I don't know. I don't know. Um, for work related for the the power and the Breakfast Club. So you get to work at like four thirty five and you go on air until like ten a.m. Then then say like noon you got meetings and whatnot, lunch with the crew and other interviews. 
and then at night you promote and go out. Like, what do you do to like chill and relax? Like, with, like exercise, running, reading, and all that. But like, I went like, running today. Yes, and um, actually my friends are over here right now. Mm. We're watching. Yeah, everybody's over here. You know, I hang out with my friends a lot, and so um, you know, I like to go out, have drinks. I like to run. I do read a lot. I write a lot. I'm going to Miami next week just to relax and nice. do some writing. So you guys are going out tonight. I try to be very balanced in stuff that I do, you know? Like, yeah. I might go out and get drunk, but at the same time, then two days later, I go host a charity event. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, because you guys are always moving, it seems like, you mm -hmm. know? Hustle. And, I, you know, I do a lot of stuff. Like, I, I do a lot of parties, but then I also try to go and talk at schools and, you know, boys and girls clubs and stuff like that because I know the importance of that for people to see you and for young people especially to know that in life there's so many different opportunities that are available yeah so the life balance is definitely key like going to help out talk to people at schools and whatnot then going out with your friends and uh peeing in the middle of the road i saw that that was a funny picture by the way i'm sorry i had to bring it up <laughs> people take that so seriously it was a joke yeah <laughs> all right fine. um so everyone has them at work a bad day is it hard for you to do your job because people want to be entertained and if you're not in the mood it's like you know in a way, kind of like sex, you're not in the mood, you don't want to have it. What about having a bad day at work and you have to be happy and perky? You know what? Work is the reason why I'm not in a bad mood most of the time because even if I am in a bad mood, once I go to work, I just change. Yeah. And so it's not like I go to work and I can't shake it. I go to work and I'm ready to go, mm. you know? Yeah. And I think that helps me a lot as far as when things aren't going well and other aspects of life, that when I go to work, it's just, you know, hanging out with Envy and Charlemagne and having fun and talking about things. It puts me in a whole different mood. Yeah. Are they, like, really your brothers, like, off-air? Like, do you guys hang out one night and, like, go, you know, like, live it you up? You know, we don't hang out as much as we used to when we first started, but they definitely text me, like, all weekend long. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> the first text I got this morning was from Envy, and, um, talking about his headphones or something. I don't know what he was talking about. But, yeah, they, we definitely hit each other all the time, and I know that if I need something... I can call them and tell them I need this, and you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's cool. It's great. Like, we do trust each other. We do argue a lot, but yeah. it's never that serious. Like, we get into an argument, and then two minutes later, it's done. Yeah, I could see the family bonding on air, but I wasn't sure, because a lot of times these people have shows, and they're not even friends off air. It's weird. But, I think you can tell. Yeah. So, I think you can tell when people don't really hang out, like, outside. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason we don't hang out more is because we're all so busy. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. like it might be a night where Envy's in one place, Charlamagne's in another place. And honestly, if I don't have to go to the club, I really don't go because I have to be out so much that when I have the opportunity to just relax or be at home or catch up with my friends, I'd rather do that. Why do you go out so much anyway? Is it like a branding thing for yourself or is it like the Breakfast Club or all included? Like both a combination of both I mean, we host a lot of events yeah you so definitely do really it's like a promotional type of thing and it's money so, too yeah so we kind of have to and certain things you know if somebody is does a lot of, of stuff for me i want to go out and show them support i'll go out for that reason yeah but as far as just going to the club just to go to the club i barely do that mm. um do you think it's easier for girls to interview guys like you could always like sleep with someone for an interview or go out and get a drink using things to your advantage and whatnot where they know it's beneficial for them because it's a two-way street. Like, me interviewing you is also good for you just as good as it is for me. It's good yeah. for me if people are going to listen to hear you, but it's great for you because you have something to promote. Yeah, definitely. And I'm promoting for, uh, actually, college university, Mammoth University, and... Uh, it's good to hear that because you're the first female personality I interviewed and uh, a lot of girls were asking me like what about uh, girls get some girls to interview and whatnot so I reached out to you and 
I'm recording this now, putting it on my SoundCloud, putting it on my blog, and then putting it on radio, I think, in two, next, uh, December 6th on Friday. And I'm playing mm-hmm. it then, too. So it's getting a lot of plays after uh, this. Yeah, you know, I mean, people do it for that reason. So, yeah. you know, if you're a female or not, that shouldn't really matter. And I think even just to me, you know, guys are pretty respectful toward me because of my, my position and what I do. But that's something that you really do. Everybody has to earn, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I not yeah, I'm not sexist or anything like that. I was just saying a lot of girls were coming at me like yeah, like Angela, you know what I mean? Like you and Angie Martinez are probably the two best female radio personalities in the country. That's, that's crazy. I like to be in a class with her. Yeah, she I I think so, you know. And I grew up listening to her, so yeah. it's incredible. Rivals aside and whatnot, you know, the station stuff, politics aside, I think you guys two are the best. I don't honestly look at it as a rivalry anymore, you know? Yeah. It's cool, though, that you listened to her and she was, like, your idol, and now you're not competing at the same time, but you're on different stations. It's just crazy how it works out, though. Yeah, I mean, I just don't look at it like that just because we expanded so much outside of just being in New York, you know? Yeah, but it's still the number one radio market, right, New York? Yeah, New York is number one yeah. in radio. Yeah, yeah, you, but I think you guys did. if anybody had the opportunity to, you know, to me, it's, like, incredible that we have the opportunity that we have. Mm-hmm. To just get like people don't get syndicated. It's not easy at all. It's such a rare thing. Yeah. So trust me, every day I'm amazed. You guys did it big with the syndication, Karma Loop, and the online interviews and everything like that. And also, um, that show that you guys were on, all you guys, the K Fox thing was just horrendous. Like that whole thing. That show was hilarious. But now (laughs) she's now she's promoting your show on in Miami. How did that relationship work out and turn out? I mean, to me, it's business is is business. You know, and to, I never really had a real issue with her. Yeah. Was that it just was, for I like... More, it seemed more like she had an issue with me, so I think she's fine now. I think sometimes at Hot 97, they really breathe that with the people that work there. Yeah. Like, they put you in such a hostile environment yeah. where you're not allowed to follow us on Twitter, you're not allowed to be at a club. There were, like, so many things and restrictions and... You know, it's probably difficult. Like we don't have those issues of power. They're pretty laid back. Yeah, it's hilarious. It it's hilarious with the rival stations. Like I heard stories. Like you guys, like if if you host a concert for Nipsey Hustle, then they host one like the night prior or after, and you guys can't be at the same place. And their excuse is that New York is so big that you guys are never around each other and stuff. I I just don't understand. I feel like you guys would run into each other a lot. I don't no, think it's a big deal. It's definitely more on their end than on our end. You know, yeah. like they'll do things like tell an artist if they come to our show, they're not going to play their record anymore, which I think, you know, that really hurts. Yeah. The artist more than it hurts anybody. If that's like, you know, that's like if a label were to tell the station, if you play any records from any other labels, we're not going to, you know, let any of our artists perform for you anymore. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I would think that if you really support an artist and you want to see them succeed, you would want them to do everything. Exactly, yeah. Does, does it get annoying as well? Like, I, I watch both interviews, on, and a lot of the times, I don't know if it's like media training, but the artists say the same things, and you guys ask the same questions. Do you guys know that? Do you guys research each other? Or is it like, you have to ask these questions to help promote the artist, and it doesn't matter if another station already asked the question? I mean, I think that there's, uh, I think that there's just certain um, station, there's just certain things that everybody wants to know. like. You mm-hmm. can't assume that everyone saw an interview that an artist did at another station. Yeah. So I can't assume that just because, you know, Kendrick Lamar did an interview on a station in Philly that you saw that. 
Mm-hmm. Some people might, that might be the first time they're hearing those questions and those answers. And you understand that artists have things that they want to promote. So yeah. if they have an album coming out, there are certain questions that you ask because it's the right thing to do. I want to make sure that you get to promote what it is that you're promoting. And if there's some significant things that are happening, if you're in the news for whatever reason, on the blogs, then we're going to ask those questions. Yeah. Can you, we can never, you can never ever assume that your audience has heard everything that you've heard. You and know? they come to you first. Be their first time hearing it. They come to New York first, and the blogs promote New York heavy, so you guys got to ask the questions that people want to know anyway because they're going to come to you and hear it first. And you know, some people don't read blogs, but some people don't get it right away. Yeah. It's just that some people are in their car going to work and listening to the radio or going to school listening to the radio, and they don't go and look at those blogs. Mm. Yeah. So we take all that into consideration, you know. It's amazing to me, like, I might report a story that I might think is the biggest story, and there's so many people that never heard it. Yeah. Is, is it a problem uh, interviewing people? Can you tell, like, within three questions, like, you're trying to break them down a little bit and, like, lighten them up? You Can can you tell media training who who is and who isn't, and it's, like, annoying when they don't answer questions? Uh, I think that, um, you know, I get it uh, that some artists are trying to protect themselves and... Mm-hmm. I want to come across a certain way. That's how we try to make our stuff more conversational than yeah. Q&A. You kind of let them talk, and then you you don't really like blurt out stuff. You kind of let them talk, and then you ask questions within what they're saying. You know, it's like they feel comfortable in there. It's more like having a conversation, and that's yeah. what our interviews are like. It's not like I'm grilling you about stuff, but we're sitting down chatting about what's going on. Yeah, I see you guys have the laptop out though. Is that like in case if you got backup questions, if you like lose train of thought? I mean, I always keep notes. Yeah, me too. You know, just because I do a lot of research. So yeah, me I make too. Sure I have notes always just in case. And I don't want to forget certain things. Like, I might want to be like, oh, i got to make sure I remember to ask about this. Or yeah. I have to make sure I remember the name of the album and the date that it's coming out. You know, I just like to have all that in front of me. Yeah, I forget easily. I got ADD, so I always have the notes out and everything. <laughs> um, who was someone in your career that you interviewed that gave you, like, m- the most butterflies prior to the interview? You got a little nervous, like, I guess when you first started out, if anything. Jay Z, the first time I interviewed him at Sirius. Yeah, um, I saw Chris that. Chris Rock, I was super excited to interview Chris him. Chris Rock, that's awesome. That's, uh, he's like one of my favorite comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting, well, I used to get nervous to interview Eminem. Really? Yeah, I always saw that. I saw that interview too online. Yeah, I'm serious. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. But, yeah. You know, I mean, it's fine, but I always am like, okay, I make sure I don't say the wrong thing. <laughs> is it, is it a joke, or is he really that awkward? Like. In a good way, though. I know he's a little awkward, but is it kind of, he plays it off? Is it like a joke, or is he really that weird in real people? I mean, I think he's funny. You know, I think people take him so seriously. Yeah. So I think that the way that people treat him makes him feel awkward. Yeah, definitely. Like he's like some god, even though he has a song Rap Got Out. He's like, can you just be normal? Yeah. Um, what's the best and worst part about the job? Like, what was the most awkward, funniest moment on air in your career? The worst part is getting up early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> How about the other day? I fell asleep in between um, talk breaks, and they started talking, and I didn't know because I was asleep, and they had to wake me up. That's funny. That yeah, is funny. Yeah. You, you had, like, those weird sex shows, too, on Sirius. Did that ever get weird? The service? No, that was fun. I mean, you know, it, the thing is that people come up to do show, your show knowing what it's going to be. You're not going to come to lip service if you don't know we're going to be talking about your personal life, your sex life, and everything. You yeah. can come in, you know? Yeah. So people come up there prepared for that. They want to do it. Yeah. So that makes a break from doing those really serious interviews. It's like a fun, let me get loose. Yeah, drink some wine before, stuff like that. During, yeah. Um, radi- uh-huh. Radio is addictive, and, like, you keep it real, I could tell. Oh, 
Is it, are you the same on air and off air? Or are you kind of like a supersized, uh, souped up version of yourself on, on radio? I mean, I think when you're on the radio, you obviously have to be a lot more energetic. Yeah. Just because that's how it has to come across the airwaves. I'm probably a little more laid back, but I'm pretty much the same. Like my jokes, my personality, yeah. everything is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to the, I have to bring up the sex talk. Uh, you claimed you never had a one night stand. Is that still still going? Is it still true? Yeah, I was talking about that earlier. No, I haven't. Never. Come I on. Never out with anybody that I just met either. When you black out, does it count? That that doesn't count the one night stand. I never blacked out. All right. I'm um, a great drinker. What are your favorite qualities in a guy? Um, sense of humor. Ooh. Ambition. Uh. You know, I think I can't stand people that are lazy and have no ambitions in life. And I love people that have a great sense of humor. Yeah. If you can make me laugh, or if you can laugh at my jokes, we're going to get along great. Akil, come in here. <laughs> my co-host, he, was, he's, he has a sense of humor. But, uh, yeah, yeah what it, also, what is your favorite sexual position? Uh, okay. Oh, okay. What's my favorite sexual position? Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone just start laughing wherever you are. <laughs> What? Well, big. Yeah, I mean, certain. What if you're really small? If you're small, I think the best position for you if you're small is probably. I'm saying your favorite sexual position. Missionary, then. Oh, missionary. Okay. That's if you're small. That's if you're small. Yeah, that's probably me. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, so I have pretty friends who are girls, but I usually get put in the friend zone. How does one get out of the friend zone, and how does one even, how does one never go in it? Like, is it a bad thing? Is it possible to be a girl's friend and have sex with them? I mean, a lot of girls end up having sex with their friends at some point when not things are going well with the rest of their life. But, you know, <laughs> I think that if a girl likes you, she likes you. Uh, girls end up liking their friends, especially when they're like, okay, I can't not find me. the right guy, my boyfriend cheated on me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's work out with me but, and Mike. <laughs> but who wants to be the nice guy, though, and get walked over for years and never get any booty, you know, until the end? Just because you're a nice guy doesn't mean you get walked over. I know, but I'll, like, I get I get the, I value our friendship too much. It'd be weird. It, I mean, then she sleeps with the whole crew and not me. <laughs> no, not really. Not the whole crew. Not, no, I'm kidding. Like, Damn, I don't know if you want it then. No, no, no. No, I'm talking like good girls, good, attractive girls like yourself. But I was, like, saying, I, they say they value my friendship too much. Well, yeah, then they probably just don't like you like that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm asking you, so I figured I'd ask you, you know? Because <laughs> if a girl really likes you like that, the friendship won't really matter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, you're invited. I know you got to go soon, so I'm closing out. Not, like, don't hang up yet. By the way, you're invited over uh, Sunday dinner anytime with my family. My mom makes really good Italian food, and my niece and nephew are really cute. I usually get women by taking pics with them. Okay, yeah, you could be in the friend zone. No! <laughs> Give me a shot. No, I'll take the friends in with you, whatever. My uh, my friend Akil, my co-host, but he hasn't talked the whole time. He's just been behind me the whole time. It's kind of weird, actually. No, I wasn't behind uh, you. Doing what? He's black. No, no. Um, I, was big, I was doing business. You can't see him. Way. He's black. It's in the studio. But uh, Jesus he heard that I'm you... I'm not dark. I'm light-skinned. Let's get that clear. He, he heard that you like to read and cuddle, and if you need someone to cuddle with, he got you. Yeah, I love cuddling. Yo, I got mad cuddle room, man. Chances of that happening? You. You don't know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, uh, at you on Twitter a couple times so you know who I am. And uh, I usually don't do this with people I interview. Like I don't like ask for follows, but just because you're a female and I love you, I just want you to follow me. 
and just make my uh, night. Yeah, that sounds like a normal thing to say. I mean, I don't usually do this, but... <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I, you know how weird it would sound if I was like, I interviewed Mac Wilds and like a couple other people like that. Ask him to follow you? No, that's weird. I don't even want him to follow me. Like, I, I don't care, you know? Like, it'd be... But it, it's like street cred and radio cred if like a radio personality follows me, and especially if she's female. All right, I'll give you some street cred. If you follow me, and I'm gonna have to say, my creep is uh, isn't as bad as I, it is really. I'm, it's not. I'm not creepy, but I'm gonna have to throw a creep tweet in there at first, like something funny, you know. All right, let's to, see how funny you are. To act like I'm the man, even though I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, what are you doing tonight? Uh, my friends are here. They're smoking weed and having drinks, and we're about Jesus. to go down the block to a bar. Nice. That's a party. Nice. A party. Do you want to get any before she has to go? Probably because I told nah. her. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to have Angela come over for Thanksgiving. What you doing for Thanksgiving, bro? I'm in Miami. Miami. What? Do you, do you like getting hit on by every guy on Twitter? I see that funny people put, like, pictures of you guys together and, like, put their face in it. <laughs> that was funny. Do you like that? Is it funny or is it annoying after a while? I like it when it's funny. Uh, if you do something funny, I think it's cute. Mm. That's funny. I mean, it's still no matter what, I'm flattered. Yeah. That's funny. I, I promise when I follow you, I won't send you any late night DMs. I'm not like creepy like that. I won't. I won't. I don't want to get unfollowed. I get a lot of creepy DMs. I'm just gonna tweet you the recording and everything like that, and uh, okay. everything. So I probably should let you go. You got anything else, Dad? Nah, I just want to see what she was doing for Thanksgiving. If you want to cuddle, you could just holler at me. How was my uh, interviewing skills? It was great. You did a lot of research. It was very comfortable. Six years from now, you think I could be uh, something? <laughs> What's with the six I years? I believe so. Hopefully quicker than that. Yeah, hopefully quicker than that. Definitely. But, but uh, Steady wins the race. Yeah, yeah. Especially in <laughs> sexually. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you go. Thank you for calling in. All right, guys. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.